0: According to Callus, This is episode 155, and I'm here to lay it down on the Rittenhouse situation. Now, I've been largely quiet on this for two reasons. One, I don't know what happened. And two, there was a jury trial to take place. So, let me... um, go over some of the uh, details as I understand them. And after I do that, I'm going to give you a little feedback on that. And then I'm going to ask a number of questions that I have. And I don't think they were adequately answered about the whole situation. And quite frankly, uh, the issue is quite problematic for me personally. And that's, you know, the nice... uh, trigger word there problematic disturbing okay here we go so first things first um i know a lot of my friends and compatriots are calling the young man a hero and i know that i have some other let's say acquaintances that are not on the same political side of the aisle as i am who basically see this as a vigilante kid looking for jollies, uh you know, a wanted murderer and all these terrible things. As they say, the truth is somewhere in between the two extremes. So as I lay this out, let me be clear. I did not watch the trial in its entirety. I've heard bits and pieces. I've seen things put forth. I've seen the memes. I've seen all the synopsis and all the arguments And quite frankly, I don't know because I don't know what's true and what's not true. And uh, I'm confident that the outcome was legally correct. So that being said, let me also say that, no, you know what? I'll save it for later. I'll, I'll save the, so long story short, um, kids' parents are divorced. And by I say kid, I mean a 17 year old guy. And for those of you who are wondering, apparently at 14 years old, you can go abort your baby. At three years old, you can decide you're a different sex than what you were born. And at that same age or even younger, you can enlist in the military to go overseas and kill people. So keep calling him a 17 year old kid or tell him, you know, young punk or whatever is not useful nor a fair descriptor, if you will. Now, I've talked about how we infantize or infantilize our young people, particularly our young men. Um, This clearly was not the case. And based upon different things I've seen and heard, it seems like this young man was a pretty stable individual and had done a lot of different activities and seemed to be... You know, a quality character up to this point. So, from my understanding, uh, his grandparents owned a gas station, whereas he was asked or it was implied that he should be available to protect it. And I like how it's interesting how everybody's willing to dismiss the defense of property as a viable choice. Where in Texas, that is actually... And a legal precedent, right? You can protect your property and your neighbor's property uh, up to and including lethal force. Not that that's necessarily a good idea, but it is legally permissible. Now, he decided that, yeah, I'm going to take part in this second item of interest. I've, hmm. I'm trying to avoid the philosophical conclusions at this point. Let's just say, from my understanding, it was both legal and permissible for him to be carrying that weapon at that time in that location, even though there was a curfew. If you're on private property, which for a chunk of the time he was, clearly within your rights and responsibilities. Now, they bring up a valid question. There is... Why would this young man and other young people, or other people for that matter, be present when they know there are protests, aka riots, going to happen? Well, I'm guessing that if that was my family's property or store or home, I might feel morally obligated to protect it. Much like the other mostly peaceful protests back in the 90s, uh, they... Put a stop to that in the uh, when the Korean storekeepers uh, showed themselves on top of their buildings with their AKs, right? So we know that works, and we know that the narrative is: is you have to follow the rules, which leave you a defenseless individual. Okay, so clearly those folks didn't get the memo; they did their own thing, and they. Uh, patrolled the area, right or wrong that's what they were doing and to want to get upset because he was breaking the curfew when there were thousands of other people breaking the curfew oh come on, give me a break I mean, if you want to split hairs, sure, fine, okay but let's be realistic the curfew was about keeping people at home that would just be in the way so alright then uh, the young man goes, puts out a fire, goes and prevents other things, and gets attacked and defends himself. And three people get either killed or wounded, and he goes and turns himself in. Now, I know there's a lot of folks that want to take this down the racial motive and whatever else path. It just doesn't stand. It was a white guy, He killed two white guys, and injured another white guy. Why they were out protesting or rioting really didn't even factor into that. And to paint the guy as a white supremacist or whatever else. Come on, man. I'm doing my best Joe Biden there. Come on, man. It just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even hold water. Now, goes to court. They dropped the gun charge because it was bogus and held no water. And he was found not guilty on all the various charges that were thrown at him. Because they couldn't make the case. The evidence wasn't there. In fact, the evidence made a better case that it was clearly self-defense. Now, if you want to argue, well, he shouldn't have been there, or he was being irresponsible, fine. I'm willing to have that discussion. But the flip side would be is, if you attack a guy with a firearm, somebody's going to get hurt. So, let me rewind, if you will, about a year ago, or actually I guess in this case it would probably be about nine months ago, there was a series of protests going on here in McKinney. And a good number of you weren't there. So you don't actually know what happened. But I was there a couple of nights, and I witnessed what went on, and I was involved in several interactions and I got to tell you, I never once feared for my life. Uh, There were a couple of situations that were kind of sketchy. I had to rely that there were other people there that weren't going to let things go out of hand, but I also follow the credo that if I'm going somewhere where there's likely to be an altercation and I go armed, I've now made that altercation an armed altercation. I have a uh, predisposition to not back down. I don't run away. I don't make light of the fact that I don't encourage people to go do things that they're uncomfortable doing. But I was there. I witnessed things. I interacted. And I imagine that this young man thought that just the mere show of force of arms would be enough to keep people from doing stupid things. That didn't work out that way for him. And before you say the guy got away with it or he'll never, um, his life is forever changed. Forever he's going to have to live with the idea, rightly or wrongly, that he took human lives. Now, had he been found guilty of something, he would then have to serve time for some sort with that. And and there's a whole nother ball game there. I mean, the, uh, the Q shaman, I mean, got what, three and a half years for going into the Capitol building again, going down the wrong path. Here we go. Focus back. So he's found not guilty, which is different than indicating that he's innocent, but the prosecution just failed to make their case. It was a mess. They should be ashamed of themselves. Which, now that I've laid that out, let's go on to some of the more interesting things having to do with this case. So, number one, it's been brought to my attention and I have not verified this. And I'll go back to the old proviso that I've put out before. Just because I've said it, just because I've read it, just because you've read it or saw it does not make it true. You need to go back and verify anything and everything you've heard or been told or have seen from multiple sources and verify it to be the case. So, let's begin. Apparently, the DA, the lead investigator, aka police officer, and the mayor are all part of the same extended family. Now, if you live in some little podunk town, excuse the derogatory nature of that, some rural enclave where there's only a thousand or a few hundred people live there. You'd kind of expect that might happen, but Kenosha and Racine and even Waukesha, where some more action occurred last night. um, They all have more than a couple thousand people there by a great number more. So that's kind of an unusual circumstance. I mean, it would be, I don't know, maybe improper to have multiple members of the same family on both the prosecutorial and the investigative side. I mean, I guess the only thing worse would maybe one of the same members of this of this family was also the judge. But you can draw your own conclusions there. So that that's interesting aspect number 2. Interesting aspect number 3, I guess, would be the mayor saw fit to basically let these things happen in the city without doing anything of any significance to prevent them. Well, why might that be? How did we get here? How did this happen? I would like to know. I would like to know why, you know, we're hunting people down that went into the Capitol building with an invitation by the Capitol police as domestic terrorists, yet These people can't be found. We have no idea who they are. We're not arresting. We're not prosecuting any of them. Also, an interesting thing is all three of the people that got shot or wounded had extensive criminal records. Now, I guess this shouldn't surprise us when we've got a mostly peaceful protest going on that bad people would be out there and be doing bad things, but that doesn't excuse or make okay that they got the death penalty if you will but it excuse me it does explain how we got where we're at so then when we look at how this young man behaved well basically being attacked it's kind of impressive i mean he's carrying an AR 15 with a 30 round magazine allegedly i mean he could have lit up the entire crowd and he didn't he could have, you know, hosed down everybody, which is what we always hear, right? You're going to go crazy. You're going to take out the general public. He didn't do that either. As a matter of fact, there are a number of people that have applauded his trigger discipline and his control of his weapon and said that he did an excellent job. No, I am not person to judge that because, quite frankly, I am not trained in that area. But from what I saw and what I heard in the evidence presented, seemed very restrained. Now, I would suspect that 90% of the public, when subjected to a similar situation, for whatever reason, would not react as well as this young man had. In fact, I would be willing to bet that very few people, save combat veterans, could actually say how they might act or react in a situation similar to this. Now, you can say, well, I would avoid it. I wouldn't have been there. I would run the other way. Well, that's all true. But if for whatever reason you end up in that situation, armed or unarmed, are you 100% confident how you would react? I wouldn't be. I think that uh, you ought to keep that in mind. There's a very small percentage, save those aforementioned combat veterans that can actually say how they might act in that situation. So, again, very easy to criticize when it's not you. So how did we get here? Well, another interesting thing I might add is, it's my understanding, this young man was supposed to have a buddy with him. He was supposed to have a partner, to have his back, if you will. So the question is, is where was that guy? Where did he run off to? Where did he disappear to? There are some people that theorize there are other things going on here. There are some people that think that maybe there was nefarious actions that part. I I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I don't know that I want to even give it validity. But it's just out there. You should be aware of it. Now here's a few questions that I just don't have good answers for. Where was the thin blue line? Now we hear repeatedly how it's the police's job or law enforcement's job to keep us all safe. Where were they? What were they doing? Did they keep those buildings safe? Did they keep those properties safe? I mean, we know that they don't have a specific responsibility to protect any one individual, there's at least one Supreme Court case that proves that out, so we know that they're supposed to protect the general public. But where were they? Now I will say that there are those that are going to point out, well, they were just following orders, or they were they were doing something else because that's what they needed to be doing. And in a situation like that, there is an appropriate uh, way to look at it. I, I think. Well, my terminology would be triage, right? You got to go deal with the most important or the most critical things first and you work your way down the ladder. So perhaps what was going on there was not high enough up on that list of triage. That's entirely plausible. Or was it that they were ordered to stand down? Let me give you a similar scenario. So when we had our, we when we had our Mostly peaceful protests. Actually, I want to, I joke about that. I'll give kudos to all the protesters that were in McKinney. To my knowledge, there was never an altercation, violent or otherwise. There was maybe some yelling, some, you know, unkind things said, or maybe a little bit encroachment, but there was never any fists thrown, never any mm, bodily injuries while I was present or that I was aware of. So kudos to everybody on both sides of that scenario. But that was not the case here. And there was not the case many other places in this country. But in McKinney, after a specific time, all the police that had been previously downtown left. They were dismissed. Now, if you've got a protest going on that has the potential to get out of hand, and some of those folks appear to be armed, and I say appear because... I'm not really sure what they had on them, and I wasn't going to go up and ask. At least one of them appeared to have a shotgun, and another one appeared to have some kind of repeating rifle. But I'm not a super gun guy. I'm not going to pretend to know. But in no way was I ever feeling threatened by the presence of them. And I think every protester ought to be able to protect themselves. So if they want to go armed, I'm fine with that. In fact, I defended a former city council member for doing just that. Because that's the principle and it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it proves to be tougher when it's somebody you don't like or you don't support, but the principle still stands. So again, the question is, where were they? What were they doing? Now you could argue that had all the non-protesters gone home, they might've been able to deploy their people better. Okay, maybe, maybe. But as what happened in LA was probably fresh in the mind of some other people or some of the people that have seen other protests get out of hand like they were earlier in that year or the previous year, they probably didn't want to take that risk. And can you blame them? I can't. It seems to me that's a reasonable thing that I want to protect my property. I want to protect my um, life, my liberty, my income, whatever you want to call it. I get it. So the next question would be is where were the, where was the national guard? I mean, Tony Evers is the governor, right? If he was concerned about unrest or problems, particularly when he knows that there's going to be a problem, why didn't he put the National Guard out? Why was he not being a little more proactive? I mean, did this maybe fit into his narrative? I don't know. But it's a good question. Where were they? Now, perhaps if they would have been there with their their AR-15s, which unfortunately would probably be unloaded because for whatever reason, when we send the National Guard out, most of the time they're not even allowed to... (laughs) <laughs> load up, which is kind of pointless, but nevertheless. So we look at this, we understand what's going on, and th- that's the underlying question. So if the city government's not going to do the job that they were hired to do and they were paid to do, and then the state government isn't going to bother to do the job that they were hired to do and paid to do, that kind of does leave it on the individuals. They're going to have to bear the brunt of that burden, they're going to have to do things proactively. And that's why you have individuals that have to go out and do the job. I'm fairly certain that when Mr. Rittenhouse got his rifle and put on his first aid pack, he never once thought about the idea that I might have to kill somebody tonight. I mean, maybe it was something in the far reaches of the back of his mind that there might be a physical altercation, but I'm certain that any 17-year-old kid probably never gave it a thought. And see, yeah, I just did it again. I referred to him as a 17-year-old kid. No young man goes out thinking, I'm going to go kill somebody. Not unless there's something wrong with them in the head. And there are individuals that fit that description. And we see them, and they usually end up in jail. So, again, th- those are two failures, right? Now, also, let's think about this. These families whose family members died, rightfully or wrongfully, do they then bring a wrongful death suit? I mean, they lost the criminal charges that were put upon Mr. Rittenhouse. It's highly unlikely they're going to be able to sue him for wrongful death because he was already cleared. But the city had, you know, a responsibility to maintain order and they clearly failed to do that. Will the city get sued? Good question. I don't know. Had the city even thought about that? I don't know. Inquiring minds would like to know. Let's jump back for just a second. So Kyle, Mr. Rittenhouse, was out on patrol, if you will, and he was supposed to have a partner with him. All these uh, teams out there ostensibly were supposed to have partners to prevent this from happening, but his was missing. And that's how he got into trouble. And that's how he got put into a position where he had to defend himself with lethal force. Where was his partner? Where did he run off to? Who was under command and control? I mean, who was running the show here, if you will? Somebody was responsible for what happened in one way or the other. Mr. Rittenhouse was not in this alone. Again, some people think it was a setup. Some people think that the whole point was just for this uh, young man to get the crap kicked out of him and be beaten up and have his rifle stolen to try and prove a point that, hey, uh, you right-wingers, you can't protect yourself even with your rifles. You can't stop us. We're going to stomp you into the ground. Well, it didn't work out that way. And I don't know if I believe that, but, but that is an argument that's out there. and I don't have an answer for it. Then there's a couple other things directly related. So there's plenty of footage of this. I'm not sure how much of it is, you know, video footage from the local buildings. How much is, you know, just people with their phones out. But the most disturbing thing was the FBI drone footage. The FBI had drones out and they were filming things and watching this stuff happen. Why didn't they dispatch somebody? Why didn't they warn somebody? Why didn't they do something beyond recording it? And then the prosecutor gave a less than reliable or a less good copy, if you will, to the defense and then used the best version for himself. Now, I I guess I understand why you might do something like that, but that's not the way it's supposed to work in our justice system. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We all know the justice system's not entirely fair. And that innocent people get jailed, they get prisoned, they get punished, and guilty people walk free. And a lot of that has to do with the idea there's rules for thee and rules for we. So some of those favored people fall under the protection of the rules for we. I'm not sure how you define that, but it's just something that we shouldn't forget. So, I think I've done a fair presentation of what I think happened, the unanswered questions that I have, and summed up exactly what happened. But the bottom line is, this is not the time for people to think this was mm, car blanche for bad behavior. This is not an endorsement of quote-unquote vigilante behavior. I don't suspect that anybody really wants that. I I don't think anybody would prefer to devolve this into some kind of open gray zone warfare. You know, where we got different factions pitted against each other and popping each other on the road. Nobody really wants that. We expect the boys in blue are going to, you know, keep everybody on the down low kind of keep things in check we expect that if things get bad enough the the guys in green are going to come in and basically put an end to it but when that doesn't happen what are your options when that doesn't occur what are you to do now there's there's a phrase without rule of law and i hope we never get to experience that i hope that never happens i i I would gather that that would not be an enjoyable time for anybody. And I look at the idea of what happened and that people are fearful and they should be fearful that this is going to serve as a predicate for further action on both sides. That's not the country I want to live in. That's not what I would like to see happen in Texas. Now, I suspect in Texas, aside from the little bit of crazy that happened in Dallas, that would not happen anywhere else. Fort Worth put a stop to it rather quick. And in McKinney, it never really got out of hand. It was very mm, peaceful. And I'm good with that. I think that's appropriate. I think they serve as a pr- a proper purpose. I think that it should be reinforced. It should be encouraged. People deserve to hear the other side. People deserve to be heard. At the end of the day, it has to stay peaceful because if it doesn't stay peaceful, it devolves and it devolves rather quickly. I have maybe a few more thoughts on this that I'll hit later on as time goes on. Um, And tomorrow I'm going to probably do a special short episode having to do with the events that unfolded in Waukesha. I don't want to believe the two are related, but it's inescapable that there's a very strong likelihood that that is the case. That's both disappointing and frustrating all at the same time. Before we jump to conclusions, let's make sure, let's let the system work to the best of its ability. Let's verify exactly what happened, how it happened, and who caused it before we start calling for actions that we can't undo. With that, this is According to Callus. I will see you on the other side.